and one felt the pleasant, drafty sensation of cool air on bare legs. The village shop this morning was busy, and she had to wait for a little to be served. She did not mind, because it meant that there was time to chat with other customers, all of whom were familiar faces. Marvel at the weather? Ask after somebody's mother? Watch a small boy choose, with painful deliberation, a packet of dolly mixtures, which he proceeded to pay for with his own money. He was not hurried. Mrs. Eshack stood with gentle patience while he made up his mind. When he had finally done this, she put the dolly mixtures into a little paper bag and took the money from him. You must not eat them all at once or you will lose all your teeth, she warned him. Good morning, Mrs. Ed. Good morning, Mrs. Ishak, and what a lovely day it is. I could not believe it when I saw the sun shining. Usually, Mrs. Ishak, exiled to these northern climes from the relentless sunshine of Malawi, was bundled in cardigans and kept a paraffin heater behind the counter, over which she huddled whenever there was a moment of quiet. This morning, however, she looked much happier. I hope it will not become cold again. I don't think so. Summer is here. Oh, thank you, my milk and my paper. And Edie wants some furniture polish and a roll of paper towel. And I think I'd better take half a dozen eggs. If your basket is too heavy, I can send Mr. Ishak up to your house in his motor car. No, I can manage, thank you very much. It is a lot of walking you are doing. Violet smiled. But just think how good it is for me. Laden, she set off once more for home, for Pennyburn. Down the pavement, past the rows of low cottages, with windows blinking reflected sunlight and doors standing open to the fresh warm air. Then through the gates of Croy and up the hill again. This was a private road, the back driveway of the big house, and Pennyburn stood halfway up it, to one side and surrounded by steep fields. It was approached by a neat lane bordered by clipped beech hedges, and it was always something of a relief to reach the turning and to know that one did not have to climb any further. Violet changed her basket, which was becoming heavy, from one hand to the other, and made plans as to how she would spend the rest of her day. This was one of Edie's mornings for helping Violet, which meant that Violet could abandon her house and instead get busy in the garden. Lately, it had been too cold for even Violet to garden, and things had become neglected. The lawn was looking tired and mossy after the long winter. Perhaps she should run her spiker over it and give it a bit of air. After that, a huge pit of carefully nurtured compost needed to be harrowed and spread over her new rose bed. The prospect filled her with satisfying joy. She could not wait to get down to work. Her step quickened. But then, almost at once, she saw the unfamiliar car parked outside her front door and knew that the garden, for the moment, would have to wait. A visitor. Such irritation. Who had come to call? Who was Violet going to have to sit with and talk to, instead of being allowed to get on with her digging? The car was a neat little Renault, and betrayed no clue as to its owner. Violet went into the house through the kitchen door, 
and there found Edie at the tap and filling the kettle. She dumped the basket on the table. Who is it? she mouthed, making pointing gestures with her forefinger. Edie, too, kept her voice down. Mrs. Stinton, from Corrie Hill. How long has she been here? Only a moment. I told her to wait. She's in the sitting room. She wants a wee word. Edie resumed her normal voice. I'm just making you both a cup of coffee. I'll bring it in when it's ready. With no excuse or possible escape route, Violet went to find her visitor. Verena Stainton stood at the window of the sun-filled sitting room, gazing out at Violet's garden. As Violet came through the door, she turned. Oh, Violet, I am sorry. I feel embarrassed. I told Edie I'd come back another time.